And we are back on the Northland Sports page. That's one of my holiday music favorites. Judge me accordingly. That is Run DMZ with Christmas and Hollis. Of course, we chose that one because, Dave, you said it's PA. we got to have something a little funkier, and, and that does it for us. Yeah, we can't just sometimes sometimes there's just styles of music that you that you equate with somebody, and you can't just play, you know, she-daisy. Right. right, we got to bring in something fun. With all fun. due respect to she right, Daisy, hundred percent. We've got she Daisy on the on the playlist at home, but you got to have something with a little bit of soul. I was going to say a little bit of soul because he keeps our souls positive, yes, even when does. maybe they shouldn't be. When it comes to Vikings football, because last Saturday was tough, but we moved forward to Belichick. It we're we're on to the Lions, and hopefully some positivity for Christmas Eve. I'm glad you didn't say. Are you glad you let me go? Because that seemed to be the highlight of the. Uh, of the memes of the week when uh, when uh, Jake Browning more uh, eloquently said said that. Right. They never should have cut him, apparently. Apparently. In the moment, I didn't mind it overall. I thought, okay. Right. We'll see what PA thinks of it. Good morning, sir. Thank you for being here once again. Yo, what's going on? Uh, really Merry Christmas, and um, a happy Saturday to you. And in the uh, sassy vein of the soul or funk music vibe, uh, there's a uh, the former bass player for Parliament Funkadelic, Bootsy Collins, had a song that uh, would be reminiscent of my uh, opportunity to join you guys on Saturday, and it would go, I'd rather be with you. Ooh, yeah. Absolutely. I'd rather be with you. We will 100% take that. We're happy to have you every time we get you. I have to tell you, because you know I listen to 9 to noon as much as I possibly can, but your thoughts Monday morning after the Bengals lost, and I told Dave this, yeah, I called, called him over my lunch, yep. I said, wow. You know, I, I really thought that that was from the heart of PA, and it also could have been from mine, that Saturday was just kind of excruciating. So many things went well, and just enough went wrong that we ended up on the wrong side of it. But it wasn't akin to just that week. It was things that had popped up before, popped up again, and you could hear the frustration, but you could hear the passion. Not to go back and relive it, but, but your thoughts on that, because it was not that you're ever anything else, but it was so, so genuine. It really resonated. Well, I can't, I can't exactly remember what I said, but um, I appreciate the compliment. And, you know, thinking back to that game, like, you know, when I taped X's and O's with uh, Kevin O'Connell this week, the uh, the first question was, was you know, I, I felt typified the game. And it's a cliche where it's like cliches are cliches for a reason, man. And, you know, when, when we hear people say it's a game of inches, well, that's true. And, and and forget the tush pushes, you know, those, those two disease plays. But just the whole thing was like a game of inches. T. Higgins catching that pass on a Caleb. Uh, what's uh, Makai Blackman, the rookie from USC, all of a sudden is playing safety. That's not new. He's done that. But he's sitting there watching. He's not running at him to, like, blow up T or knock the ball away. So, you know, those inches we could have used. And, um, you know, I, th- I think I just got frustrated um, with 14 into it, just, just being, you know, next to so many of those things that had just gotten so close. And, and I, I have such a high level of respect for Cincinnati's coaching staff, Super Bowl coaching staff. They got a bunch of players who played in the Super Bowl two years ago. And despite, you know, not having Joe Burrow, I mean, it's a very squared away team. And, you know, and, and, and I think what, you, what you're talking about just to land the plane here is, is now they lose 27 24, but the passing game kind of looked like what you would expect from a Minnesota Vikings passing game. And it's one of the better passing games in the NFL, no matter who the quarterback is. That's how it's supposed to be. And then you got Addison on a career game. Hawkinson tore him up a little. Uh, J.J., there, there, there was a lot of meat left on the bone with J.J., man, when I watched that thing back, you know, including the play right before the first tush. 
uh, Mullins hits Hawkinson um, on a nice little, nice little play to the left. But if he had just waited a beat longer, man, he could have thrown J.J. open, got down to the 30, then there would have been no tush terrorism. So, like, Cousins hits that basically every single time. So I got frustrated at that. But the, uh, the, 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 and Ty Chandler doing his thing. But the passing game looked good. So you mentioned forget the tush pushes, and we'd all like to, but it was the talker that we couldn't. I sent you some alternative names for it via text, but we can't use them on the radio, so we'll just keep it there. But the narrative is that we want this play banned, and the narrative is for safety. Are we sure it's not just because nobody not named Philadelphia can do it? Well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I've kind of read that in cursory fashion. I don't, I don't see the the safety aspect of it being in question. Um, I mean, unless you know, like for whatever the reason, Brandon Powell, you know, he was the tush pusher, and then O'Connell said, I, "I wanted three receivers out there to keep him out of." you know, six beef eaters strewn along the line of scrimmage. So they ended up having three. So his philosophy worked, but the play didn't. So, you know, unless you're running around the side and crushing the pusher, you know, in unexpected fashion, I don't really, you know, I don't really know what what the safety implications would be with this thing. But I don't know, man. It's, it's like one team did it and did it really well. And Buffalo does it really well. I mean, but, you know, Josh Allen fumbled against us last year, and then we eventually won the game. But, you know, Allen's really, really good at it. So, I don't know, man. I just – I don't like saying tush-push. I think it's stupid. I can't come up with a better name that um, is sufficient for, you know, like a Sunday audience. So, I don't know, man. This is one of those things, PA and Brian, that my mom always used to say, you know, use your vocabulary. At some point, don't you just want to say, oh, look, a quarterback sneak. And right. somebody's pushing yeah. him from behind instead of just well, using the, the fancy the, word. The best name for it is is whomever coined when Philadelphia does it, calling it the brotherly, brotherly shove. shove. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that, I mean, that's that's catchy and it's kind of cool. And at least you don't have to say tush. <laughs> that's right. If you're not a Z, if you're not listening to ZZ Top, that's about. The I was going to say Dave Cook says it all the time, but he's naming his favorite songs of all time. Go yeah, ahead. exactly. So, Pierre, mm-hmm. a quick question. Sounds like we're going to have uh, a little bit of uh, space in the secondary open, and I wonder if this is the week that we see Lewis seen on the football field. And and that's if good not, question. what's what what do you see being closer to it as the struggles here? Well, yeah, that's a good question because Murphy's not going to play, so. You know, uh, Blackman is he's, I mean, Blackman's just going to have to continue to improve. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown, Josh Reynolds has five touchdowns, and KOC remembers him from when he had him in LA. And then he's just got some big spot to him, Josh Reynolds. And Laporta is uh, en route to becoming the, the most accomplished rookie tight end in the history of the NFL. I mean, he has nine touchdowns. Like almost eight hundred. So, the, so they got. I mean, they, they, they have they have and Jameer Gibbs. They have um, weapons all over the place. So the secondary is going to be. It, it's going to face a lot of stress. When you guys call, um, I'm at Canterbury Park now, where I call races, and uh, we have no racing live racing now. But I think I've told you before. My son works as a bartender here, and you know he's got this Saturday nine in the morning to five in the evening shift. So it's a little slow for him. So I'll come out here for an hour and sit with him and. And and watch uh, watch plays for the the game the next day. So we were watching um, Lions blitz plays. So like how many times Denver blitz Jared Goff just to see how he handles it. And you know he 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 like most will get a little flustered or do things a little more quickly than he prefers against a blitz. He hasn't seen a Flores type blitz all year. Um, but uh, 
Goff's good against the blitz, man, and he gets it out fast. So it was no Murphy. Um, Seen was running around in practice a little more this week than I had seen in the past. I'm, I'm not willing to predict whether he'd be active or not. But, you know, I just don't think at this stage of the season, um, unless you're going to, you know, put Cam Bynum in, in a corner role, you know, they, they can do things with Metellus too. So uh, I wouldn't count on much from Lewis at this stage of the equation, but we'll see. So you mentioned in that that Makai Blackman just needs to continue to get better. We have Vincey Glenn, former Vikings safety from the early 90s on just about every week to close the mm. show. And we've asked him about this before. That's how, cool. how does he improve? Because his biggest lack of trait is lacking height. You can't teach somebody 5'10 to be 6'3". In what ways can he actually improve to be a better asset to this team? Yeah, yeah but I mean, you know, Sauce Gardner is not, I don't think he's Deion Sanders height-wise. Um, Daryl Green, who used to play for the Redskins, he um, is one of the great corners in the history of the NFL, and he wasn't very tall. It can be done, and Makai's fast. So, you know, Makai can keep up with the with these corners, but it's just the visual part of it. Like, you know, uh, like I mentioned in Cincinnati when he was playing safety, he's pointing up at the ball to show a Caleb where right. it is. And, and and a safety just needs to time up the run to hit the player or the football right when it that, right right when it gets there and, and he just didn't do it right. So, you know, that that seems to be lack of record recognition of, of what's happening at the moment. That's the problem. And then in the in the Denver game against Cortland Sutton, I just didn't like how he played the ball. I mean he didn't it wasn't embarrassing, but he just he had his back to it. So he's you know, he's fourteen games into a career. I mean he said seriously yeah, it, things go so fast and it's so different in the NFL compared to the Pac-12 that, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take time. But you don't really have a lot of time left this year if you're trying to make the playoffs. And this is a massive one tomorrow, man. I mean, it, it you know, Detroit coming in here and winning the division for the first time in 30 years on Christmas Eve in your building during a whiteout where it's going to be super festive and loud, that ain't cool. And, and for – you know, to avoid it, you're going to need Blackman and Evans, and uh, I think Metellus is going to play a lot of inside corner. They just they have to play out of their minds, man. Absolutely. We'll see if they can be a difference maker. Speaking of differences, we saw Detroit kind of going the right direction to end last year. Obviously, they eliminated Green Bay and just missed the playoffs in their own right. Dan Campbell, you talk about respect for Cincinnati and Zach Taylor. Dan Campbell's got everybody's respect right now. The kneecap thing was cute for a while, but now he's legitimately a good coach. But last year, it seems like he, quote-unquote, Dan Campbell, his way out of victories. He took chances that didn't pay off. This year, it seems like everything except for that Baltimore game is coming up roses. What's the biggest difference you see Lions last year to Lions this year? Uh, the, the, the guys who were in their first and second years uh, are more poised in their third, you know, second, third, and fourth years, uh, specifically Amon Ross St. Brown. You know, he, he's, he's one of the 10 best receivers, or, or he's one of the 10 receivers in the NFL that I would want on my team. And he, he mixes it up in the run-blocking game extremely well. And, and that's key because the common thread, you know, to answer your question – is is Detroit behind Baltimore is the best running team in the NFL the last two years. You know, I think they have around, I don't know, it's close to a high 4,000, you know, 5,000 5, is t- total yards in, in, um, in offense or rushing, but it's, it's concerted. It's they do it explosively. Jameer Gibbs has more 20-yard runs than anybody in the NFL. I think he's one or two ahead of McCaffrey. Montgomery is resurgent. And, and so, therefore, when that is – 
when that's the premise uh, of things off which you start, that makes the passing game easier. So they've established an identity of, of we're going to be physical and we're going to pound on you. And in the fourth quarter and in the fourth quarters of December games, you're going to be tired. And it's working. And they're just really, really good at it. It's re- it's interesting, P.A. Brian and I have talked about this in the past. You you never really hear USC receivers all that often in the NFL until right. this weekend when it's St. Brown against uh, our our rookie Jordan Addison. Right, and and you know Josh Reynolds is also very scrappy in the um, in in the run block game. Now, this um you know just just the way they orchestrated uh, the T.J. Hawkinson trade last year. Um, it, it's it's they really really did a good job in knowing the 2023 draft is going to be one of the deeper tight end drafts in the history of the NFL. So you know when when they traded Hawkinson to the Vikings and it was a very fair deal. I mean the Vikings didn't didn't really overpay and Hawkinson came through with with big games and you know really without TJ this year as they were going through all those quarterbacks we'd be in a lot of trouble. So the Vikings got a really good player, but the Lions knew. You're going to have to pay Hawkinson. That's going to mess with your salary cap, and they were right. And, you know, there's this Iowa kid, Sam Laporta, that we think we can get in the second round next year, and they got him. And he's not only the best rookie tight end in the NFL, he he blocks, he catches, he protects. I mean, he's phenomenal. I'm just a really big Sam Laporta fan, and the Lions did a great job a year ago angling their way to him. I just really like that. Say, PA, we've uh, Brian and I started the show today with gifts uh, for each of the franchises uh, for for the Christmas. What we would do, and and I've really enjoyed listening to the broadcast this year, your broadcast this year. And I'm I'm wondering if you could tell us about the gifts that you have in Pete Bursich, Ben Lieber, and and anybody else on your on your team that you'd care to bring up, and tell us a little bit about them, uh, so we get a chance to know them a little bit better through your eyes. Wow. Um, beautiful question. Well, Pete and I have called games together since 07. So 2002 through six, um, I called the games with Joe Sensor, uh, former Vikings tight end. And, and I learned a lot about football from Joe. Uh, Joe's just one of the kindest, sweetest, uh, most God-loving people with whom I've ever worked in my life. So I miss Joe when he left, and in comes Pete. And through the years, uh, just, just learning about the diagnosis of a play, or learning about just little subtle things players do because Pete played and coached. Um, it's really enhanced my football knowledge. Um, and for the audience who listens, if you listen closely to Pete, he's super smart. I mean, he, he was straight A's at Notre Dame. Yeah, he's just a very, very intelligent man, very kind man, too, one of my best friends. So uh, I learned a lot of football from him, likewise for Ben Lieber. Now, Ben does a lot of uh, a lot more work for KFAM than Pete. So Ben has more of kind of a kind of a bit flavor to him, kind of a snarky, sarcastic flavor to him. But, you know, he, he played for one of the great teams in the history of Minnesota Vikings football, that 09 Vikings team. I mean, he really knows his way inside and out of a play. So he's super smart, super to the point, and super black and white with his takes, which I really, really like. And I think that resonates with the audience. And and finally, you know, just, just with the way God made me and then the way God wired me to call these games, you know, where there can be intensity and it can be emotional, 
is is it, it takes a certain analyst, I, I guess, to work with me or for me to work with a certain analyst. So, you know, like if Pete was all emotional, which he gets, but I mean, if he's all loud and, you know, wild and stuff like that, then I just think it would be a little too much. So uh, we really, really complement each other well, I feel, with our personalities and we love each other and, and, and genuinely and authentically. And I just I think listeners can hear that. Thanks, PA. That's a great answer. All right, so I get the challenge of trying to follow something like that to close, but you talk about complimenting each other, and the Vikings are on their fourth starting quarterback of the season, and a good compliment to a quarterback trying to get his feet wet is a good running game. Now, PA, I think about back when we talked to you at training camp, and it was, is Madison the guy? Back then, Dwayne McBride was all the rage. Would Kane yeah. get a chance? Oh, by the way, we've unlocked something with Ty Chandler. Just your thoughts. Well, a couple of things here. I'm glad you mentioned Kane Wanwu. Um, I really think the best chance to get a kick return touchdown is tomorrow. Uh, the Lions are jacked up at kicker. They just cut the guy they'd use all year, right. Riley Patterson. And so they're going to use Michael Badgley. And, um, you know, he was 6 of 6 on extra points against Denver. He, he had five kickoffs and only one touchback. Uh, big boy struggles to get it high and deep in the end zone. Uh, so... Um, a Kane Wanwu kick return touchdown Christmas Eve would not surprise me a lick. Secondly, with um, with the quarterback situation, complimenting or working with the running backs, um, you know that I, I really like how Kevin came out and ran the ball wide with those zone runs, and he kind of got certain players on the move for Cincinnati. Now, now what coaches do there? Is they're just making sure your nicked up players and and your players who are struggling are getting it. You know, Kevin's really good at picking on players who just came back from injury or players who are struggling with like little nagging injuries. And those are the part of the reasons for the wide plays. So that worked and it really helped. This is not the game to think you're going to win running the ball. And I'm telling you that right now. Detroit's run defense is fantastic. And now they're going to be down the linebacker is really good against the run, Derek Barnes. They got a rookie from Iowa named Jack Campbell, first-round pick, came out of the gate this year on fire. Um, things really, really changed for him middle of the year, and he's not playing as much. He's going to play a lot tomorrow. So I, w- I would expect the Vikings to identify that. But the the just the Lions are good against the run, and if we're going to win tomorrow and keep them from winning the division, we're going to have to throw the ball for a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. All right, so paging Nick Mullins, we need you at your absolute best tomorrow. Speaking of the absolute best, that is you. Dave told you, PA, we started the show talking about gifts. We also talked about gifts that franchises have given us. You've been nothing short of the best gift this show has had. We thank you, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, PA. Merry Christmas, man, to you and your audience. You guys are absolutely fantastic. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I enjoy the company uh, with you guys each and every time I get to come on. And uh, when I got a chance to meet you and Egan and embrace and everything, that was super special. So God bless you guys, and thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. Thanks, Same man. to you. Have a great call, and have a great Christmas. PA, he is the best. I can't believe how wonderful he's been to us time and time again. Uh, you know, and you wonder what a guy is like when he gifts his time like that. That tells you a lot. Absolutely. At Egan, he said he met us there. He met me with the biggest bear hug while I was still talking. One of my favorite radio <laughs> moments ever. Stick around. We play Buy or Sell next. Bumping out with Let It Snow. Mother Nature won't, and I don't mind, but we'll be right back. Maybe a harbor monster. I love the Grinch. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. We're back on the Northland Sports page. Happy to be with you. We're here until noon, and then you get a couple hours reprieve from us. But 2 o'clock today, high school boys hockey. Duluth East hosting Moundsview. 
Alumni Day for the Hounds. 75 years of Duluth East Hockey. They're celebrating as we speak. Alumni games galore. Absolutely. A lot of stories today, Brian, during during uh, Hockey at Heritage today. That's for sure. A lot of good stories. You usually have some about our great sponsors. I, you know, it's because if you're going to have sponsors, got to spend money. Yep. Too, right. Uh, let's start with Mike Regan at Christensen Group Insurance. Aurora Architecture Studio, the original, the, the guy that kept us on the air during COVID. Right. Hoops Brewing. Dave said it earlier, Brian. If you're gonna, if you're, if you want to take a little bit of advantage of Hoops Brewing and you want the product, you got to do it today. Today's the day. Cherry Ale is on my Christmas list, and sometimes you got to shop for yourself. <laughs> sometimes you got to shop for yourself. OAR Holdings, Kraus Heating and Cooling, your carrier HVAC authorized dealer. Advantage Element Screen Printing. Like I said yesterday, we were at at uh, Bentleyville, had a fantastic time. Uh, Nathan uh, Nathan Bentley and his crew at Advantage. Um, absolutely pillars of the community it's really cool to have them uh with us speaking of pillars of the community sammy's pizza you know again avery and andrew in town what do you want to do well there's all kinds of things to do but can we grab a sammy's right right nothing Um, wrong with that blackwoods group including their locations on london road which i frequent all the time proctor two harbors blackwater and the other place i go all the time tavern on the hill Avenue 45, Brian, you are a frequent flyer there. I am. They helped me out earlier this week. Uh, radio is not a visual medium, and I'll let you know the day I look good, but Avenue 45 always makes me look better. I'll take that. We'll take that, right? Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies. When I was a kid, the only team you wanted to play for was Stewart's. Pier B Resort. Again, we were at Bentleyville yesterday, Brian, and if, if you're a hotel and you're uh, like on Bentleyville property, uh, I can't imagine how much those rooms overlooking Bentleyville. Even as a local, I did the same thing because Jen and I went a couple of weeks ago because we were silly enough to think, well, we better go because it's not going to be this nice out for this long. Well, Mother Nature said, hold my beer, hopefully from Hoops Brewing. But at any rate, when we were walking Bentleyville, I noticed Pier B, of course, because how can you not, as you've said? And even I said, you know, it's been a while since we've been there. I don't know as a local if we'll stay there, but Silos is a great restaurant. Pier B has great events. The music in the summer is outstanding. Reasons to go to Pier B? You can be local and not need a hotel in Duluth and still have several. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai. Comfort Systems. That's our group. That's a pretty darn good group. That's a good group. We could do, let's see. I could have you count them because I don't think we could do the 12 days of Christmas with our sponsors because we have too many. He's counting. Yeah, it's 15. 15 Uh days of Christmas. So we need to come up with our own parody song on the 15 days of Christmas. Yes. From our sponsors. We could call Straight No Chaser. They probably got some. So that'll have to be a goal for next year, but we'll hope maybe the list grows next year as well. Absolutely. If you're listening and you're interested in sponsoring, give a call. The way I figure if we get it up to 24, we just make two 12 days of Christmas songs. So we could do that'll be time. a goal for 2024. 24 and 24. We could sing them at the same time. There just you go. the opposite one. Wow. The musical uh, dreams that we have. Alicia, Might be a nightmare for others, uh, but we'll Alicia give it a go. could come in and help us out. Yeah, that. she could collab again. <laughs> she, she wanted to for sure. I also did get a note from another listener with your dog question. What button would you want? I had a listener let us know that, quote, my dog knows too much. I'm glad they can't talk. Well, see, that was my first thought with Dana. I was like, really? Are you sure? Because Franks might have something to say. I don't know. I just put it up there with the state flag. Really? This is what you want to tackle right now? Really is, is one of the buttons I suggest. Right. Really? That's actually a great button for all of us. Yes, exactly. How many times do you think we do that in this show with some of the things that one of us says? Often. Yeah, to the other. Really? We should get really? it in the background. You hear, really? And yeah. everybody will have to drink that. Well, you remember when the easy buttons were all the rage? Yes. We talk about a roller architecture studio as one of our sponsors. I lived with Ryan on Park Point back in 2007, and we had an easy button just because he got one. 
And we had a ping pong table in our garage and we would play quite often. We both became fairly good at it or maybe we're going into the living arrangement. But whoever won would smack that thing. That was easy. (laughs) That's outstanding. Yeah, we certainly had fun with that. Of course, Drawing Lines comes your way from Roll Architecture Studio. That will be Vincey Glenn again today to close the show. But first, time for buy or sell. You should know by now how the game works. I'm going to give a statement for each of the four major professional leagues, MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL. If you agree with what I'm saying, you say buy and you tell me why. If you disagree, you say sell and you tell me why. Dave Cook, the onus is on him to determine the order and, of course, give his piping hot takes or takes that I'll say, really? But go ahead. By league. I was hoping you'd remember that on your own. We're going to end. And look at you, you did. All right, so we are kicking off with hoops, not brewing, the NBA. So buy or sell this. The Memphis Grizzlies are terrible, and that's not the buy or sell because that would be pretty easy. But they've played to basically this point in the season, Sands this week, without their best player and arguably one of the league's best players. Buy or sell that Ja Morant can be enough to make that team a factor in an already crowded Western Conference. Well, the key in that is, so I'm going to say buy hesitantly, right? So I had to do a little bit of uh, product shopping first before I said buy. And the biggest reason is the Western Conference is stacked. It might be a little too right. late. Too late. But Jaws, he, he might be the best. I mean, he, arguably, he's the best post- point guard in the NBA. Um, but I wonder if Dylan Brooks wasn't the heart of that team. And that, you know, Jaw coming back is going gonna, is gonna to help them score and whatnot. But it... Brooks has his pluses and minuses. He's a little like Draymond Light, but that team just doesn't have the same sort of like grits and grind like they used to have, right? Right. And will Ja bring that? I don't know. So I'm going to hesitantly sell because I look at it kind of similar to the way I look at the Minnesota Wild. Now, the Minnesota Wild aren't getting a Ja Morant type player back anytime soon. They don't have one that I'm aware of. But at the same time, you said it, the Western Conference is stacked. And I think you just simply, if you're Memphis, Put yourself in too big of a hole. Yeah, You're going to be better, and you're going to scare some teams that used to just steamroll you and not care about it. But this is a very good Western Conference where you may get hot and check the standings and go, we got to be making some headway. And then you look and go, or that, yeah. which is exactly what you're doing with the Minnesota Wild right now. I mean, the fact that the Golden State Warriors are somewhat buried in the Western Conference, and I don't think anybody believes they're going to stay there. But when it comes to Memphis, I think you do. Now, the low-hanging fruit joke would have said, Jaws proven his value. He came out guns blazing already, but it is what it is. I didn't even see that coming. Right. Yikes. All right. So, God, let's flip over to uh, the NHL. All right. So, the NHL. I just talked about the Minnesota Wild. We're going to do it again. So, they are playing much better. And a big reason why they're playing much better is because Kirill Kaprizov is the man in overtime twice this week. We'll see if he can do it again to the Bruins, I believe, tonight. But it's also the unlocking of Matt Boldy and Marco Rossi. So the Wild finally have, I think, what we were hoping for, three legitimate scorers that are fairly young. But you look at situations elsewhere, and they are so plagued with injury. So buy or sell that having those three at the top of their game can overcome the infirmary that is the Wild roster right now. They play different positions. So I'm aware of that. I'm but. I'm going to buy that's that's hard. This is hard because yep. the answer is buy, except 
they don't play the same position, so they could literally end up in fire wagon hockey all the time. Because Correct. the problem is beyond Brock Faber, uh, the injuries are all there. The talent that is injured is all there. So without Kaprizov, Boldy, uh, Rossi, and some, and now Johansson has done something. Um, it's, without those guys, they're they're wrecked. The question is, is do they have enough? To well, overcome when you see the things like thing. with Zuccarello being week to week instead yeah. of day to day, that scares you. As, as that's well, as, that's true as well. I think, gosh, I I don't know. This is the this might be the hardest question I've ever had. Thank you. Um, so I am I am going to buy because they're proving it so far. Um, but that is like such a hesitant. Like you can see, it's like comparing the the generic brand versus the. The brand label. You're like, mm, yeah, right. it could be. So the whole idea is compensation, really. And I don't mean money. I mean the strength compensating for the weakness. And you made incredibly valid points. I agree with everything you said, except for your first word. Because the first thing you said was buy. And I said, no, everything you said is accurate. And that's exactly why I sell. Because, again, we're going to see a Duluth East team today that is living that life. And I'm not saying that Duluth East is akin to an NHL team by any stretch. But East can score. They just can't seem to stop anybody from scoring. They lost a game on Thursday, 8-6. to six. You could see the Wild, if these injuries continue, to play in games like that. They're going to win some. They're going to lose some. But if it's truly, as John Carlson professes on a regular basis, back-end out hockey, unless Gus Bus or the Flower are incredible, yep. this isn't sustainable. Well, and that's what we saw against Canadians, you know, um, Flower was nuts. Right, like he kept him in that game. We saw with Gus earlier. That's you're right about one of the things is that that back end out when your back end is is that solid, um, it really does cover up a lot of a lot of issues. Well, and the other can you thing imagine too, if they had Fiala in the lineup and no Faber? Well, and the other thing too is the forwards that are having to play the roles of the guys that are injured. In my opinion, don't do it well enough. You know. The doers of the world. Decent player, Vinny. but doesn't really know how to play this role. The Vinny Letaries of the world. Fun story, doesn't really know how to play this role. Yeah, it's they're, they're winning with smoke and mirrors and top-end talent. You're right. And John Hines being Jack Adams. Just yes. ask Topher Davis and myself. Yes, I, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, we'll see how long. If the magic continues, 100%. Right. Like you've said before, eventually John Hines may have you reaching for a Sam Adams instead. Yes, correct. Two All down, right. two to go. Yeah, we're going to go with uh, Major League Baseball. All right, Major League Baseball, you brought this up at the start, and I wasn't anticipating it because we went way outside of Minnesota for it. So the L.A. Dodgers continued to spend, but defer spending as well. So buy or sell again, and I may have actually done this last week, but I think we need to discuss it again. What the Los Angeles Dodgers continue to do is bad for the game of baseball. Nah, baseball doesn't have a salary cap. Um, so I don't think it's bad for baseball. Uh, I don't like it, but I don't think it impacts anything. Like like you'd said, you know, at some point the Yankees are going to get fired up. At some point the Mets are going to say enough is enough. The Giants seem to be banging their heads against the floor because they can't, they can't, they finish second or third in everything now. Um the Dodgers are at a different place right now. Right. Those are the four teams that are at that place. There's going to be a lot of players that would like a little bit more uh, that just aren't going to get it because they're not playing for those teams. So 
it's always been baseball's always been a have or have not. You know, the first time the Yankees went out and got Reggie Jackson, everybody, well, oh, this is over. Right. Or, you know, when that player or this one Maddox went to the Braves, it was like, goodness gracious, well, life is over now in baseball. It just keeps happening. And so nah. So I'm gonna sell as well. I don't think it's bad for baseball, but hear me out. I think it could actually be really good for it. Because if it does impact some things and the Dodgers run over everybody with the situation that they've created for themselves. What the Dodgers are doing isn't bad for baseball because I said this last week, baseball allows it with no salary cap, what have you. If, with all the rule changes that we're obsessed with as Major League Baseball as a sport is right now, even if it's minor tweaks because even the pitch clock amounts are changing now, maybe they're going to go, wait a minute. If we really want any kind of competitive balance, we've got to change the finances of some things. I don't know if that's going to be implementing a salary cap or outlawing these kind of deferments, but eventually I think it's going to become good for baseball because if the Dodgers run and hide from everybody else, baseball is going to go, well, we can't legitimately have that. Well, here's a thought for you, and this is something that somebody pointed out to me earlier because everybody's starting to know where I stand on college football, right? So really what the Dodgers did here was a name, image, likeness deal. And because the Dodgers were willing to spend whatever, so like they're like Texas A&M now, right? They're willing to spend whatever for whichever player. But... The Dodgers are going to make up all this money on his name, image, and likeness back home. All the marketing deals and all the additional revenue that he brings in from Asia, it's going to be just nuts. Like the Dodgers probably aren't losing a lot of money in paying him that amount of money when you consider all the other pieces. Right. And for the record, we did do that topic two weeks in a row, but when the Dodgers stick their neck out and do the same thing twice... You got to keep analyzing it. I'll tell you what, if they sign another big name in the week that is, (laughs) tune in December 30th because we will do it again. Yeah, absolutely. It's been, even though the Twins aren't moving the needle at all, I don't think they know what a needle is, it's been a fascinating offseason for baseball. So we've got the NFL to go. We do. Would you like to go that route? Yes, let's do the NFL, Brian. All right. So you and I love the purple, but there's a team in purple that your coworker likes that is much better than our favorite team. And they've got a barn burner of a game we think coming up this week. It's been called this by several, but do we agree? Buy or sell that with Baltimore playing San Francisco, we are seeing a Super Bowl preview this week. Is Cap and Ray Lewis in this one, or is that the other Super Bowl? No, yeah, and Randy Moss is not a Niner in this one either. Okay, okay. People forget that, you know. Yeah, it's because they turned the lights out at halftime. Right, and the, Randy left. Yeah, he <laughs> plays when he wants to play, not in the dark. <laughs> the, uh, boy, Super Bowl preview. That's not that's not a terrible take. Um, the problem is is that the AFC at the top is pretty good. Uh, I do think San Francisco is going to get there after watching all of this. Uh, Dallas doesn't have enough, I don't think, to beat San Francisco. And Philly is Philly has lost its offense. Like somewhere along the way, they set it down and then just left for a minute and right. can't find it now. They can tush push, but if they're not in second or third and one, where are they going? Yeah, it's like they're not. They all the stuff they did to make themselves open last year they didn't do any of that anymore so i think san francisco is going to be there i don't know you know baltimore's awful good but get kansas city on the right day you know frankly get buffalo on the right day or good luck trying to score with miami um, I, I don't know if we're seeing i'm gonna sell because there's just too much unknown in the afc all right so this makes for terrible radio because i agree 100 percent again because you're exactly right as to why i don't think there's a doubt that San Francisco is going to get there unless Brock Purdy goes down again. But you take QB1 off anybody and they're in trouble. Who's the most dangerous team for the 49ers to play in the NFC? 
I'm actually going to take Detroit because Dan Campbell would just do things that don't make any sense and it might work. And they defend the run and their offensive line is fantastic right. and it'll be a puncher's game. But I think in the AFC, I don't know anybody that would trust Lamar deep into the playoffs. And that may not be as much of an indictment on Lamar's ability as it is his availability. I mean, he is the kind of guy that the way he plays puts himself subjected to injury at any time. And please tell me who the greatest pass-catching threat on the current Ravens roster is. Yeah. You know, OBJ Zay, Zay probably, Flowers right? is okay. OBJ is okay. Rashad? Isaiah likely has been fairly good, but he's only had to be because Mark Andrews is out. Baltimore offensively is Lamar, and I'm not sure that can be enough. I will say this. The best coach for me in the AFC is John Harbaugh. They've got that. Yeah, and, and all those teams have that kind of guy too. Like, the AFC is loaded. The best, I mean, I besides San Francisco, the best, what, next five teams are AFC teams? You would think. You can look no further than the fact that there are eight and six teams in the hunt in the AFC. Yeah, true. Meanwhile, if you're eight and six in the NFC, you're in. Yeah, that's 100% true. They're eight and six because they're knocking each other off. We as Vikings fans hope that we get a playoff berth for Christmas. If you don't win tomorrow, it's going to look like this song might ring true for the Vikes. You're getting nothing for Christmas. But we are going to get Vincey Glenn for the final segment. Stick around. We'll be right back. The Vikings hope they can close their football season on happy notes. Two with the Lions and a little Packer sandwich in between. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Dave's shrugging at me. What now? No, I'm wondering if, if there's a reason behind this song before our next guest. Because, because it's the best segment of the show, just ask my it's mom. It's the most wonderful time of the year is when Vincey's ready to go. And so I'm excited about this. And it is the first time in forever that we haven't introed him with the safety dance, but... It's the holiday season, the holiday so the music's season. been all different today. Merry Christmas, Brian. Merry Christmas to you. We've been about as festive as we get. Our sponsors, they are festive with us. Absolutely. Let's start with the OG. Aurora Architecture Studio kept us in business, kept the lights on during COVID, Brian, so we always tip our hats to Aurora. Uh, Hoops Brewing. OAR Holdings. Krause Heating and Cooling, your carrier HVAC authorized dealer. Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing. Sammy's Pizza. The Blackwoods Group, including locations on London Road. In Proctor and into Harbors, Blackwater downtown, and Tavern on the Hill up by the colleges. Avenue 45, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, Comfort Systems, and Mike Regan at Christensen Group Insurance. So again, we are very grateful for all of our sponsors. You mentioned the OG Arola Architecture Studio. He brings us drawing lines each and every week, and each and every week that's the closing segment with Vency Glenn and Vency. You gave me a call this week. I couldn't get it. It was one of the few nights that I was at home, and I watched a movie with my wife, but I knew you came very, very prepared for this segment today because you've got a lot to say because a fellow defensive back playing currently said a lot. If you want to start there, you can. But first of all, good morning and Merry Christmas a little bit early. Oh, good morning, guys, and uh, Merry Christmas to you guys and a Happy New Year if I don't talk to you in between, but I'm sure I'll send you a text, Brian. At some point in time. Well, that will happen, and I hope you'll join us next week on the 30th as well. We got one left for 2023, but but talk to me about one of the most accurate rants that we've heard and seen because it was available transcript-wise on social media. You as a former defensive back, it resonated, didn't it? It's been resonating for for a long time, and we, we've had this, the change of the guards, how they make it for offensive players to succeed, but now defenses have called up to but this is one of my biggest points I wanted to make make about football, pro football. Let's let's take me. Let's say if I'm a very good defensive back, free safety, okay? And the guy behind me, let's say I get hurt. He may not 
have my instincts and all that, but he can line the defense up. The guy that backs me up, he can line them, get everybody lined up. He can make tackles, and he can and he can be productive in the secondary. Okay, now let's go to the best player on the field, which has got to be your quarterback. He's got to be the best player on your team and the leader. How come when you go from the starting quarterback in the NFL to the backup, you go from A to Z, you hit rock bottom? But at no other position in football, the backup is that much worse than the starter. Only in football and the quarterback position, which is the most, is where the backups are just garbage. Mitchell Trubisky, all these guys are still playing and all that, and they just can't even complete passes. How is that in the NFL? Explain that to me. Well, and then how about the other piece with the defensive backs, you know, talking about I have to basically warn somebody that I'm about to hit them. And, you know, they duck down and what was going to be a blow to the shoulder becomes a blow to the head. One more thing that's catered to the offense, correct? Oh, 100%. And guys know that it happens so fast. It's bam, bam. Nobody is sitting there looking to say, man, I'm going to go throw my head into somebody so I can break my neck too. You, it's so instinctual because you're taught it, the break on the ball, to understand when the quarterback is releasing and all that. And you know what they're doing. But these quarterbacks have gotten into the, the prowess of, let me just throw the ball up, let me get a pass interference, let me make my receivers defenseless, and let's get a penalty call so we can keep moving the ball down the field and make our receivers look great. And that's what's happening. And you see guys like Pickens and Johnson over there at Pittsburgh saying, hey, man, I ain't want to block, bro. I ain't want to hustle, man. These are receivers. This is the game where they're they're louding all these receivers and quarterbacks. But at the same time, these are the same guys that don't want to play every play, don't want to get hurt. I've never heard a professional athlete say, I didn't want to block because I didn't want to get hurt. Yeah, Todd. That is just dumbfounded to me. Yeah, how that how that holds water in a Mike Tomlin yes, organization? I'm just say. not sure. Be interested to see where they play next year. Um, well, and here's the reality: it's the whole league is like that, man. All these guys, there's somebody on every team that bitches and complains like that and moans. It's not Tomlin; he has to deal with it because this is the game now. Yeah. This is the way they want these players to be. You know, Vinci, you asked a great question about the quarterbacks, and and Barry Switzer once talked about the option and why why it didn't work in the NFL when because he was an option coach in college, and when he came to Dallas, he was well a placeholder, but you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. And he and he said the reason is is that when you're playing against Texas A and M, the defensive end that you were going to option is now selling cars someplace, uh, and is that partially true with the quarterbacking play in the NFL? It's like when you're when you're running up there and the coach is giving you great big signals from the sidelines with people's faces and whatever, and it means a different play. Quarterback, you said it before. The quarterback's not reading the field. He's reading his sideline to see what play is going to be called. And the safety that can't run for the University of Alabama Baptist that you're about to throw throw to, he doesn't play in the NFL. And so they can't read that fast. I think that's what you've told us in the past. I think that's still true, right? Yeah, it's... The, the game is not just about athletic ability. The game is mental, too. You have to be smart. You have to be selfish. You have to, like, put so much into it because it's not just about being athletic. 
man, these guys study you. They know your tendencies. They know your weakness, and they exploit you. And so when you don't mentally bring your level of play to your physicality, there's going to be a big gap in the way you play and the consistency you play at. And a lot of these guys, they say they can throw because they go through these drills at the Peyton Manning passing camps and all this. So what if you can throw? But you can't throw it under the gun when somebody's in your face and you got a DB covering your receiver and you throw an interception and throw it in the dirt because they can't handle the moment, man. And I tell everybody this. You can have all the talent in the world, but can you play on Sunday? It's different guys on the field. It's totally different. Venzi, you talked about handling the moment, and Vikings fans may not be able to handle the moment if Detroit goes into Minneapolis tomorrow and beats the Vikings and wins the division because there's a chapter of fans that still can't take the Detroit Lions seriously. Now, in your Viking career, the Lions were pretty good. They made the playoffs in 93, 94, 95. You know, that was Barry Sanders in his prime for some of that. They went through terrible times, but the Lions are back. What do you expect tomorrow? We've only got about three minutes left. Uh, the, the Lions are good teams prime themselves for December to win out in December and go into the playoffs playing well. That's what good teams do. Bad teams try to make it to the playoffs. The Lions are playing at a high level. Buffalo's playing at a high level. San Francisco. So when you have these teams that are playing at a high level, this is the time you play at a high level. And the the Vikings have to play flawless football to be able to beat the Lions because the Lions are not going to let this opportunity to slip by and not win the division. Absolutely. This is a franchise that did not sniff the playoffs between 1999 and 2011. But it's a different group, and it's a different attitude, and Dan Campbell's a big part of that. And, Vince, you've preached so much old-school football. I have to think that Dan Campbell, as you watch him, that's the kind of guy you would have played for, correct? Absolutely. Well, here's the reality with Dan Campbell is he understands the game. He he understands players. They respect him. They respect his work ethics. They respect the respect that he gives them. When you don't respect your coach and he can't motivate you, you're you're going to have the the Staleys of the world, like I hear in San Diego. But Dan Campbell is respected. You know, Aaron Glenn is respected. They did it the right way. So they're going to get the respect for the locker room. And the biggest thing, they got leaders that help them in the locker room on the team. Hey, Vince, I got one last quick question for you. We've got a young man up uh, in northeastern Minnesota who is going to go play safety for the University of Minnesota. If you had a chance to talk to a high school senior who's who's going to go learn safety at the Division One level, what's the first thing they got to learn? And keep in mind, you got to give them the 60-second version. Go ahead. Uh, just learn football. Learn what you don't know. Learn from other guys' mistakes. Pay attention. Always take a pen, pencil or a pad into a meeting room because you can always reference it and, and what you learn and, and apply it to yourself and, and what you're good at on the football field. But always learn. You, you never stop learning. Vency, one last thing because you left me time to squeeze it in. There are NFL games on Christmas Eve. There are NFL games on Christmas Day. I know as fans, maybe my family's not thrilled that the Vikings game is of importance to me tomorrow before we get together or maybe during, depending upon how we do it. So regular average Joe citizens, maybe they plan Christmas around it, maybe they don't. Do NFL players, athletes care about, you know, this is falling on the holidays or just part of what you expect with your job? Oh, you know that when you get your schedule early in the season. So if you're complaining about it, something wrong with you, man. And they paying me. I'd rather be getting paid than sitting at home just giving out money and, and buying gifts. So uh, 
it's a part of your job. You understand, and then if you don't, you're probably not a very good player in the NFL. I was going to say, can you imagine in this day and age if the next beef is it's a holiday? They're working. Athletes will start getting double time. Salary caps will go through the roof, right? <laughs> yeah, we already got issues in the NFL. We don't need that too. Amen, my uh, friend. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Thanks Christmas, for being the friend. gift that keeps on giving to us. We will talk next week one more time in 2023. We'll talk to you on the 30th, but I got a feeling you and I will text tomorrow. <laughs> you got it, pal. You guys have a great Christmas, man. You as well. Merry Christmas to Vincey Glenn. Merry Christmas, Northland. Thank you very much to Dave Hoops. Thank you very much to Alicia Tipke. Thank you very much to PA. Thank you to Vincey, and thank you to my guy, Dave Cook. Thank you, Brian. It was a great day. See you in a couple hours at Heritage. Absolutely. A little break from us, but then 2 o'clock, Hounds and Mustangs, Duluth East and Moundsview. We will talk to you then. Merry Christmas. And we'll talk to you next week.